Hello and welcome to Wives and Knives, a true crime podcast with me, Danny Smith. And me, Kelly Lee. Please remember that we mean no disrespect to anyone mentioned in this episode or across any of the Wives and Knives platforms. We have an interest in true crime and related topics and whilst we may offer our own personal views on certain subjects, it is meant to be educational and as light-hearted as possible. The information we present is collated from research gathered on the internet and we reference and credit our sources wherever possible. If you've liked what you've heard and want to join in with us, Follow us on our socials, Instagram, Wives and Knives the Pod, Twitter, at Knives Wives, and Facebook, Wives and Knives Pod. We also have a little website where we post photographs and other information about the cases that we research. And this is wivesandknives.wixsite.com forward slash my site. Hello and welcome to this week's Wives and Knives. We hope you're all keeping safe and well out there. Yes, hello. We've got a brand new case for you today. So I'll start off by saying, Kelly, how are you? Mm. Oh, you know, uh, I'm not. I'm not too bad. Um, I've been better. But yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I've been um, getting things confirmed for my wedding, which is coming up at the end of the summer after being postponed twice because of covid so hopefully it will happen this time and i am i'm starting to look forward to it again because there was a point where i just couldn't let myself look forward to it yeah and i was feeling a bit like i've been robbed of the excitement but it is coming back now so that's all good yeah i totally understand that um i can't wait super excited haven't got an outfit yet though I want you in a suit. I know you want me in a suit. Oh, my God. I know, but the only suit to wear is a white suit, and I can't wear That's white. Fair. I'm not wearing white to your wedding. I'm not fussy about shit like that. I am. Um, very much looking forward to it, though. Yes, it'll be great. Really can't wait. So, the case today is Jackie Waller, and we covered this before Wives and Knives was a podcast, when it was just some people in a little private group. And although Kelly remembers this well, I don't know where my head was that week because I don't remember much about it at all. So it's almost as if I haven't done it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, to be fair, it, like you said, it was one of the first cases that we covered, you know, back before we were an actual podcast. And we were just like a private little group of four. We're having like Zoom meetings, wasn't it? Um, so thank you, Jackie, because I'm not going to lie, I am half arsing it this week. So, you know, lots going on and uh, lots gone on and going on that won't bore you with so we pulled Jackie out of our vault dusted off a case notes and I've had a bit of a read through and um, but to be fair I was fact checking this like past midnight last night because uh we weren't as in depth as we are now in our casual meetings as I've realized from uh digging out this script <laughs> no definitely um when we did start this uh, wives and knives zoom meeting before it was a podcast it was just a group of four strange women talking about what interested them to do with true crime and giving our own psychoanalysis on things but it wasn't really the kind of thing that had a huge amount of credibility behind it yeah it was more for it was like notes to sort of sustain the chat really wasn't it if you know what I mean yeah so 
Yeah. When we go back to cases, we do fact check them. We, yeah, we do. Well, I think it just is another example of how we're growing as a podcast, I guess, as well. Yeah, how we're getting better. Yeah. On that note, we have gone back to some of our early episodes and um, done our best. I say our Kelly has done her best <laughs> to improve the sound quality. Yes, thank you. Credit where credit's due. Oh, like yeah. To. You're like... <laughs> jack of all trades with this podcast yeah. and i just turn up with like the passion for cloning <laughs> <laughs> yeah well well we have had a few comments and uh you know fair fair dues um valid comments so yes as danny said i've started on improving the first few episodes particularly those episodes that are a bit weak volume wise um like in our defense we did what we could do at the time you know like so and we got those episodes out and they've had a lot of listens so they're clearly not that bad but yeah the volume has improved yeah they could definitely be improved upon yeah and we're learning all the time and we're trying totally but everyone who's given us feedback on the sound completely valid thank you and we're putting effort into it totally i think it's good that we're taking on board you know honest and fair critiques you know but like we said, people also need to realise we don't get any financial support for this. It's like it's all us. Do you know what I mean? So I think people need to bear that in mind also. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can take constru- uh, constructive criticism. It's fair and accurate. Like, But the, this volume was an issue. So if you can bear with me, I will sort it as quick as I can. On that note, I just want to say an extra special shout out to anyone or everyone who has stuck with us so far through bad sound and stuff because it does mean so much to us yeah we've got listeners in different countries we have new followers on social so welcome to all the newbies i get really excited about different countries i do i do yeah thank you so much and as always thank you to our regular listeners yeah you're amazing well shall we crack on yeah so this case um jackie will it was actually one of sharon's choices and it is a solved case from america so hi sharon hope you've had a nice break beautiful so on with it this is the case of jackie waller so jackie fuck me have you just broken your neck (laughs) that was lovely yeah that was not lovely right and if you heard that i'm not cutting that out danny just bloody cracked a neck anyway right so jackie (laughs) jackie sue rawson was born december the 26th 1971 in bonterre missouri to parents stanley v rawson and ruby boren rawson boren rawson um they're a close happy family and jackie had three sisters cheryl melissa and patricia um, so Jackie had a good life for the family. She's quite popular. The family are well liked and you know well known in the local community and active in the local church. Now, if we fast forward to the mid nineties, Jackie meets Clay Waller, and they go on to get married and they have triplets: Avery, Maddox, and Addison Waller. And I do believe that she also had a stepson, um, so I'm presuming that that's from Clay's uh, previous relationship with Clay's, uh, J.C. Waller. So now their marriage wasn't perfect, and after 15 years, it would seem that both of them had had enough, and they decided to separate. So Clay had a new girlfriend, and Jackie too had started seeing um, what (laughs) he's referred to as a special friend, uh, Richard Herbst. Um, So yeah. So it seems like an amicable breakup from what you're saying? Yeah, sort of. I think we'll go into that. Okay, a I'm glad bit. you have a special friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am glad. 
Um, okay, so on the 11th of June 2011, um, they, with uh, no, with the agreement to divorce, they'd actually attended the attorney's office of Jeffrey P. Dix, and I had to put that name in because it's amazing. Jeffrey P. Dix, attorney at law. Um, and they'd gone there to sign the divorce papers, so another step to get things finalised. So Clay's agreed to the divorce, he's like I said got a girlfriend and he's moving on with life and Jackie's on the cusp of having the life that she'd been living even when she was married to Clay, so the life that she really wanted. She was going to independently support and provide for her children and officially draw a line under the marriage and just be happy. So and there's quite a few pictures and I'll post them on Facebook. Um, but for me, and I know we mentioned this in the meeting, Jackie appears to like glow up in the pictures, like naturally beautiful anyway, but she seems to sort of shine as you know as you go through the pictures. Yeah, definitely. Looks, I remember that. Yeah. She seems to um almost like she's aging backwards. Yeah. She looks younger after yeah. the Like I say, she's like a tra- very attractive uh, very attractive lady anyway, but she seems to sort of you know, get a bit fitter, appears more toned and confident. And as the children grow alongside her, like, and without Clay in a lot of those pictures, I'm going to say. So after leaving um, Jeffrey P. Dix's attorney office, Jackie called her sister, Cheryl Brenneker, and told her that she was... <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's so stupid. It was literally nothing to do with what's going on either. I leant back and my spine did a little click. Oh, Jesus. And it made me chuckle. And then I thought, that's funny. Why am I laughing at that? And then you asked me why I'm laughing. It's literally nothing, Kelly. My legs died. Oh, Christ. See what I've put up with everybody. Well, no, you can't see it, but hear what I could have put up with. Anyway, so after leaving the attorney's office, um, Jackie called her sister Cheryl and told her that she's going to go to Clay's house to collect their son Maddox. And she told Cheryl that she would be going home after that to the house that she was now like sharing with her sister and her husband. So she'd moved in there with them when she um, had started the divorce with Clay. When Jackie doesn't arrive home, so by approximately 7pm, her sister Cheryl is, you know, quite worried and she calls Clay to check, like, where's Jackie? But he can't tell her and he told her that, you know, if he sees her, he'll call her back. So she'd never arrived at Clay's, that's what he's saying? No, no, I think... He said, I think he'd like, says basically, well, she was here, but she's right. not here now. She's okay. gone somewhere. Yeah. Right, yeah. So Clay says, yeah, if I see her, like if she shows up, I'll, I'll let you know. Now, Cheryl Brenneker, I love her. And you'll find out more later why I love her so much. I mean, I don't have a sister, but if I did, I would literally love to have one just like Cheryl. We should all be so lucky. Now, Cheryl just wasn't having it. And she just knew that something wasn't right. So she got into her car and she drove the hour's journey to Clay's house in Jackson. Now, Cheryl made a stop on the way and that was to drop into the police station and advise them that she knew that Clay Waller had killed her sister. Wow, so she instantly has this like gut feeling. Yeah, Did she have much reason to believe that? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. (laughs) 
Now, I, I think, yeah, amazing baller move for Cheryl. Massive respect there. I mean, consider the fact that she like she's spoken to her sister a few hours before mm. this and Jackie hadn't been officially reported missing by anyone at this point. Uh, I'm not making light of the situation, but I've just got this image in my head of Cheryl like storming into that police station, just raising hell with them, and I just love it. Now, Cheryl, to answer your question, your previous question... Fantastic. Cheryl didn't like Clay, and nor did her and Jackie's parents, Stan and Ruby. And as we mentioned earlier, Jackie was independently capable of looking after her and the kids. And from birth, she had filled like the primary carer role for the triplets. She'd also held down a job at this time, which reportedly she put in approximately 40 hours a week. Yeah, so she's working full-time, raising three kids. Yeah, and she's... And Clay, he, on the other hand isn't like he can't hold down a proper job he's moving from one to another like quite regularly and he's not consistently supporting them financially like it it's reported to be sort of like it's reported to be the same in terms of sharing the family workloads like he didn't help with the childcare. you know like it, it was mainly jackie who did everything mm-hmm. Now, from the outset, it does look like he loved his like he loved his kids. Like there are pictures of them together, looking happy, like on days out and everything. But to me, like that's not a good father. And I understand why her parents wouldn't like him because of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was happy to kind of play the doting dad role yeah. when it suited him, but yeah. not voluntary. Absolutely. And and that sort of dislike definitely goes deeper because it's like reported that Clay had had multiple affairs whilst he was married to Jackie and he'd also abused her regularly, physically and emotionally. So Clay's behaviour finally prompted Jackie into action, like she'd finally had enough and she thought that the children would have a much happier life if she divorced him. And Clay didn't take that well, so he began to threaten Jackie even more, and he began to threaten the children, and she was quite rightly afraid. But Jackie was pretty clever, and she kept a diary of all the incidents and all the abuse that he subjected her to, um, like death threats and threats to kill the children. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Jackie was living with Cheryl at this time in her home with like Cheryl, Cheryl's husband, Bob, and their children. And this is clearly a safe space for Jackie and the kids that Cheryl and Bob have created for them. And they enjoyed living there and they sort of started to enjoy a slice of normality, if you want to call it that. You know, like the, the Clay situation calmed a little and he seemed to start accept that the divorce was happening. Um, now, whether that was just because he couldn't get access to her as quickly because she was living with her sister yeah, and her brother Yeah, she put physical distance yeah. between them as well. So again, uh, credit where credit's due here. The police, so often, like I find in our research, and I'm sure like our listeners hear it all the time when they listen to other podcasts, but like the police can be so dismissive and generally shit. Like, yeah, it, it I think makes it gets me... talked about more when they are, so yeah. it seems exactly but in this case like the police in jackson they took cheryl at her word as soon as she went into that police station and they moved and we'll mention probably a bit more why jackson pd don't make me go as much a little bit later on so the police they sent an officer over to clay's house and clay told them that yeah he had been with jackie that day that they'd met approximately at approximately 11 a.m at walgreens 
Now, I really could do with a bit of clarification on Walgreens. I, the supermarket, no? Well, it's, I, I did some research and it said it was like um, a health food shop and a pharmacy. And I'm thinking, like, what's the equivalent of a big health food shop and pharmacy? All I could think of is like Holland and Barrett, but they don't have a pharmacy. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a bit like Whole Foods. Have you yeah. ever been to Whole Foods? No, I haven't. So good. Right. Have we got a Whole Foods in England? Yeah, oh, there's really? a few in London. Uh, um, so and yeah, they have the best salad bar. Right. And it's not, not just stupid? salad. Is it not like really expensive? Yeah, and oh, it's okay. all done by weight. It's like um, oh. yeah, that's... Like a mix of cinema. But right. it's great. But it has a lot that has a lot of like health food in it. I'm right. not entirely sure. I don't think it has a pharmacy or I've never Yeah. You just, but it's like a, a, a healthy fancy supermarket. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> if anyone wants to tell us what Walgreens really yeah, is, could like, we have some clarification instead of us fictionalising it? Yes, please. So at this Walgreens, they uh, Clay and Jackie well, Clay said that him and Jackie had had some lunch and then they separated to run errands around town they'd met up again at approximately three o'clock at the attorney's office to sign the papers and then jackie had wanted to go to back to his house to discuss the divorce further now clay told the officers that he and jackie had argued but it wasn't physical and that she just walked off he'd actually gone to look for her but when he returned to the house her car had gone so he'd assumed that she'd just left now the police actually find Jackie's car not long later and at first glance it looks like she's had some kind of accident like the tyres blown out um, and the car's like just left on the road so they're like they're wondering has she been abducted has she accepted a lift from somebody but when they check the car further they actually find that the tyre has been punctured after the car had stopped rather than like the puncture stopping the car so they're like, hmm, a little bit fishy Yeah, here. so it looks like it's been set up to look Pretty like much, it, so. yeah. But, you know, the police aren't fooled. So they look at the time frame that Clay has supplied. And there's quite a bit of CCTV, like, that can confirm the account. So, yes, they did meet at Walgreens at 11am. And then they spotted Jackie at approximately 2pm at a drive through I think it's like a drive through ATM. yeah. So, like, clearly you can see her on the camera. She's alive and well then. And Clay pops up on the CCTV as well. But he's actually spotted at a toy store wearing different clothes from earlier. And there's a later video of him very calmly washing his boat. But sadly, they didn't find anything else. Specifically, they didn't find Jackie. And, you know, they're pretty sure that he's had something to do with her disappearance. Like, he's got form, he's got aggressive, an aggressive, abusive personality, not to mention the motive. Now, if you hadn't twigged already, Clay's not a nice person. But I do believe you get what you give, and he gave a lot. So, Clay, it seems, just couldn't help himself. So, he starts taunting the police, and he goes, <laughs> he'd go around town like shouting at the police and shouting at Jackie's family basically like giving them unsavory hand gestures like he's a teenage boy who's had two cans of fosters on the park and he's like feeling a bit cocky he told the police like that they would never find anything he's vindictive and he's arrogant and then he fucked with Cheryl again and I bloody love Cheryl so okay well I'm gonna go back so four months after Jackie went missing 
the courts gave custody of the triplets to Cheryl and Clay again didn't like that and he starts attacking Cheryl online and he actually goes as far to make death threats and all of this is recorded online so they clearly know who it is he's yeah. doing it um, but that behaviour this death threat opens the door for the police and they arrest him on a federal charge of threatening Cheryl's life and he pleads guilty to that receiving five years in prison so this gives the police the time to build a solid case against him, like without having to worry about him like egging the houses or anything. Yeah. Prick. Um, they still, you know, have no idea where Jackie is and they've no body. But it's so that creates like a purely circumstantial case. Like there's strong evidence, but there's no guarantee that they're gonna secure Definitely. So but he's he's in prison at this time. So two years later, they actually charged Clay with first-degree murder and tampering of evidence. And when they eventually search his house, they find quite a bit. So there's carpet missing from the hall and there's blood on the walls too. And the carpet's been cut like into strips. But the blood that they found on the strips of carpet matches Jackie's. So they offer Clay a plea deal and, par and Jackie's parents actually agree to that because they want, you know, they want Jackie back, obviously. Yeah. How do you feel about plea deals? Um, I think, like, in this, if the family agrees, then fair. But generally, I don't think that um, people should be given that much sort of option and to be able to dictate the course of their yeah. investigation. Yeah. But if her family agrees, then whatever that's yeah fine. yeah i think i'm along those lines i don't like them but like you say I, I i personally can fully understand and appreciate where jackie's parents are coming from here they want to bring the daughter home they know she's dead but it's important for them and for the kids that they have they have her back mm. so yeah fair enough if they've decided it's okay what well, clay's plea deal was that he could plead guilty to second second degree murder and he'd serve a maximum of 20 years in prison if he told them what happened that night, what he did to Jackie and where her body was. Now Clay takes the deal and he takes them to Devil's Island. And when they arrive there, Clay says that he can't remember exactly where Jackie's buried. Um, but he had actually advised the police that he'd used fertilizer when burying her body. And so thanks to one of the police officers with a bit of plant knowledge, um, he knows that fertiliser kills the roots of trees so he points out a dead tree and as a result they find Jackie buried underneath there. So next they obviously need to know exactly what happened to her. Now Clay told them that Jackie had wanted to call over to his house to have sex for one last time before the divorce was final. I don't believe that. Yeah, unlikely. He's still trying to fuck her over, isn't mm. he? Like, he's sullying her honour a little bit. Like, yeah, I think he's a complete prick. Anyway, so he says that they're in the kitchen of the house when they accidentally bumped heads, causing Jackie's nose to bleed. And she'd moved into the hallway, which is why her blood was found there. It then said that Jackie began to threaten him, saying that he'd never see the children again and that she planned to tell the police that he'd abused her. Accurate. 
So this had caused him to fly into a rage and he'd beaten her up and he'd punched her once in the nose and then he'd pressed his forearm against her neck until she stopped moving. And he claimed it wasn't pre-planned, um, it was spur of the moment that had made, a spur of the moment decision that had made him kill Jackie. So let's remember the phone call where Jackie told Cheryl that she's going over to Clay's um, and she's going to pick up her son Maddox. Now Maddox wasn't there, he was actually at Clay's girlfriend's and, and that was the first time that she'd actually ever looked after him. But like it's, it's an inaccuracy to the story yeah. and it's not the first or the only inaccuracy. Now Clay's report of what happened, what allegedly happened, doesn't match the autopsy report at all because it's revealed that Jackie suffered like multiple fractures to her face, likely due to blunt force trauma. Like, I feel like Clay thought he was painting a very clever picture of how, like, Jackie had almost forced him to kill him. Like, to kill her. Yeah, like, Jackie was provoked, like, he was yeah, goaded. again. But again, lie, his lies just don't match up with the evidence. Like, and he, I don't think he, I don't think he really cared because of the plea deal. Like, he, yeah. he you know, he, it's 20 years maximum that he can get on that plea deal so I think at this point he's like it doesn't really matter mm. but there is one piece of information in particular that he revealed during his confession that he'd lived to regret so he told the police that the day before he had met with Jackie he'd actually dug a hole for her body and like that's in massive contrast to his account that he decided to kill Jackie on the spot that day. He's a fucking idiot, I mean. There is nothing that shows a premeditated murder more than pre-preparing yeah. the burial spot. I was what just going to plant some geraniums. Like, I just thought I'll take a drive and build a massive big hole for some geraniums, mate. Mm -hmm. He's a fucking prick. Apologies. No, no, sorry, not sorry, actually. He's a prick. Anyway, so... Um, so with him admitting this, he, he actually put himself in a bit of a, a hole himself because for, far more serious for him was the fact that by digging that hole and admitting to digging the hole, thinking he's super cocky and he can't get any more time, he'd actually crossed state lines in Illinois and he'd returned with the intention of killing Jackie. So that meant that he could be charged under the instant... What? under the Interstate Domestic Violence Act, which carries a sentence of 35 years. And that sentence only begins after 20 years is finished. Yay! So, amazing. So, in court, Maddox, um, one of Jackie's triplets, um, his vi victim impact statement was read out. Now, they, the triplets were five years old when the father Aww. murdered Jackie. And even at such a young age, they knew like the impact of what their dad had done and that their pain was a direct result of his actions. And Maddox, God bless him, he wanted to make sure that his dad knew exactly how he felt and he told him. And he was a little tiny kid going, we don't like you anymore. You're oh, horrible. That's heartbreaking, but... Yeah, I remember when we did this in lockdown, uh, when we had the live... Yeah, I know you don't. Was I there? <laughs> you were there, yes. Um, it, when we did this in the live meeting, I remember that Sharon and I had 
a bit of a discussion about this. I think that she didn't she didn't think that he should have done that, that the little boy should have read that. But I disagree. I think he, it was good for him to do that. I think he should be very proud of himself. I agree. You can I will put the sources in the links as you so I'll put the links in the sources as usual. But you can actually see some of the um the testimony and it, it's worth a watch. Particular I particularly like watching Cheryl. She's fabulous. Just great. So as we've said, the police were pretty exceptional in this case. Like quite often, as you mentioned earlier, like we hear of sort of the bad work that the police do, of like how many missing how many missing person cases where the police are slow to act and they just don't take it seriously. But thanks to Cheryl's brave statement that day in Jackson, police went straight into action and they worked really hard gathering evidence. Like I think they went above and beyond to ensure that Clay spent the most possible time in prison. Like they were pissed off with him. They were like, okay, you're in there, but you're goddamn staying in there, bitch, and we're gonna make sure of it. And I absolutely love them for this. So yeah, they, they knew that someone as menacing and threatening as Clay would be the same at the end of his prison sentence and they probably no doubt felt that they had to protect the community. Now Jackie's funeral was held on the day of the parents' 50th wedding anniversary and as you can imagine it was attended by lots and lots of people all who wanted to celebrate Jackie's life and what an amazing person she was. Um, I think the close of this should be that Clay's still in prison and he's probably going to rot there. Good. Good. The triplets were adopted by Cheryl. Cheryl. And the last I heard, they are all healthy, well articulated, lovely kids. And you can see pictures on them of them online, and they look like they're thriving. That's and why just testament to yeah, Cheryl. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. Mm. There, as I said, there are. I will put some more links in um, that you can check out some of the videos. But there is um, a video to watch of Cheryl, and she's basically telling Clay in court everything that he's taken from her and taken from the kids, um, and it's just fabulous. Like it's really emotional and heart-wrenching but I have so much respect for Cheryl and what you know and making um what's the word just making the making the most of that time yeah yeah but also for what she's done for those children you can tell like she's still Jack she talk they talk about Jackie that Jackie's not missing from the lives other than physically not being there and I think um, Maddox says um, I'm not sure if this is verbatim, but he basically says to his dad, you're a big jerk. And I just thought, in kids' talk and his anger when he says that, he, his dad can't look at him. He's like got a head down, like the prick that he is. He can't even look at his son to acknowledge, yeah, you're right, kid. You know, he just, I hate him. <laughs> I really hate him. I just think, why did you do that? Because you were just jealous because she was happy and she was getting on with the life. Oh. I'll show Danny a picture here. Oh, that's incredible, really. Yeah. Look how happy they look. 
I just think, you know, like, when you're in a relationship with somebody, if you're not happy, then fuck off then. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you've got another girlfriend, you've cheated on your wife throughout this marriage, you've abused her mentally and physically, and then after 15 years, she wants a divorce... You've already got a new girlfriend. Just because you want the control and the power over it, just let her fucking go. She, you know, let her live her life. Let those kids be happy. There's loads of other stuff. There's like, there's a few statements that you can read online about what some of the threats that Clay made to Jackie. And it was like, oh, I'm going to take the kids out today. You better take a picture of them. So she'd take a picture and he'd be like, yeah, because that's the last picture you're going to see of them alive. And that's the picture that will be used in the newspapers when I kill them. What a horrendous man. It's a shame, obviously, that the domestic abuse, abuse that he was subjecting her and his children to wasn't tackled sooner, but obviously that's easy to say in hindsight and I'm so glad that the police were as efficient as they were and that he's got the sentence that he's got I hope he dies in prison I hope he's never allowed out but I'm so glad that her children are safe and happy and well adjusted because like that's a miracle in itself given what they've been through absolutely yeah, Cheryl sounds like an absolute legend. Cheryl's a fucking legend. God bless you, Cheryl. So yeah. So there you go. That is a very. That's we should probably say that's a mini, really. It's <laughs> that's quite more, a concise. That's case. more accurate than our usual minis. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you for retelling that to me because I obviously wasn't with it the first time. <laughs> They used to go on late, some of those meetings, though, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Like, like I switch off after about 9pm. Well, I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think some of those meetings we literally used to have to go. I think we're going to have to call it a night now because it's getting late and we've got work in the morning. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, um, obviously, do your own research. Um, there's lots out there. Check out the sources and the usual places. Um, and we'll be back next week with a mini recommends yeah it's mostly crime books from me that i've been reading and you have two documentaries i do i do then it's birthday season (gasps) then it's birthday season do you know i was thinking this the other day because i got out my vest my uh wives and knives kelly's 40 kelly's 21st birthday edition (laughs) uh yes and i was like oh my gosh i think we need to we might need a new birthday t-shirt yeah proper birthday season yeah so kelly is going to do an episode for her birthday on a case she's particularly interested in and then two weeks after that is my birthday so i'm going to take the lead on a case that i find particularly fascinating Mm. so yeah so yes come uh, come listen join us then then it's a few more episodes then we're going to take a short break for my wedding (gasps) And in those um, little breaks, I feel like we're going to whack up some cute pictures on Instagram for because you're taking me out for a birthday treat. I am. So we'll definitely have some pictures of that. And then when we're on our break, 
multiple wedding pictures. Yeah, we can have some wives and wives wedding pictures. So thank you to everyone for listening. Stay safe. I hope that you are all enjoying the world reopening um, to the sort of best of one's ability. Hmm. Bye. Bye. Check out this week's case If you think you're weird